Well, good day to you and welcome to the Bible teaching ministry of A Love Outreach. Uh, My name is Dave Nelson. And uh, once again today, we will be taking a look at the book of Acts. So if you are in a position where you are able to do so, please go ahead and open up your Bibles to the book of Acts. And uh, once again, we will be in chapter five. Chapter five of the book of Acts. Now, while you're turning there, In our last study, we covered verses 1 through 18, so we will be mainly focusing on verses 19 through 42 today, but as I always mention, if you were not with us when we studied the first part of this chapter, you can find that teaching and uh, many other of our teachings online on various platforms such as Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, and of course, Um, on YouTube, Uh, you just have to search for a love outreach and you should be able to find us. You can also just simply go to our website, aloveoutreach.com, which you see on the screen here if you happen to be watching this video. Um, But with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump on into our study for today. So looking down at verse 17, of Acts chapter 5, we are told that the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them into the common prison. So as we read our way through the book of Acts, we have seen that the Holy Spirit was working in a very powerful way through the believers of the early church, the initial body of Christ. The truth was being preached to them. And the people responsible for the death of Jesus were hearing a truth that they just didn't want to hear. But they were hearing that they did indeed kill their Messiah and that he indeed had risen from the dead and they couldn't stand the fact that they were hearing such things. So we see in verse 18 here that they put the apostles in prison. But you know, as I was studying this chapter and thinking about it, I was thinking about how in many ways the way that these men are reacting to the apostles here is not all that different than than it is today when many people hear about the truth of Jesus and it's something they don't want to hear. And most people today do not want to hear the message that the Bible truly presents to us. For, For some, they could care less what the Bible says or for what God's will is for their lives. They, they love their life just the way it is. They don't want to hear that they need to repent and be born again. They feel they're just fine living where they think that if their good outweighs their bad, then in the end, they're going to go to heaven. Many people live that way. And of course, many others don't even believe that there's a heaven or a hell, don't even believe in God at all. And then, of course, you have those that 
just keep their view of God, their understanding of the Bible into a box or a religion that feels right to them. But so many people don't want to hear what the Bible actually says, right? And at some point in our lives, we have all fell into one of those categories. But then after all of that, what remains is the simplicity of the gospel. The, the gospel message still remains and still goes on as, we, as we'll talk more about as we go through this study here today. But it's written plain and clear in the pages of the Bible, but what we all must realize is that there is someone that wants to hide this message from us. Someone that wants to hide the gospel and let me show you why I say that. Go ahead and mark this page in your Bible. And we're going to stay in the New Testament book, and in the New Testament, but I want you to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians. So we're in the book of Acts right now. Just go to the right and find 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians, and we're going to look at chapter 4. And just in case you don't know, this letter was written by the Apostle Paul to the born-again believers of Jesus Christ that lived in the city of Corinth. And therefore, they were called Corinthians. But picking it up in verse 1 of chapter 4 here, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy... We do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, nor handling, or excuse me, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And verse three here is the reason that I brought you here. Paul says, but even if our gospel is veiled, that means hidden or not being seen, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, remember I said there's somebody that wants to hide the gospel from you, wants to keep that message from you. He's called here the God of this age, and he says that he has blinded who do not believe, right? Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. So remember, I just described a few minutes ago some categories of people. Those that think they are okay if their good outweighs their bad, those that don't believe in God or heaven or hell at all, and then those that have their religion that give them something else to believe in or some other way to believe in God, right? And they hang around those that make them feel comfortable and they listen to doctrines, to teachings that tickle their ears and that makes them feel good about the way they live. It helps, it lets them continue in their sin and they hang around people that are like-minded with them like that, right? But the Bible and the apostle 
in this letter here, right, that the Apostle Paul wrote, he makes it clear that it is the gospel that he preaches that people need to hear and that it is the only gospel that keeps people from perishing. And those that don't want to hear it are perishing. Okay? And it is the same gospel, of course, that Jesus preached and all the other apostles. And it, and it is the gospel that begins with repentance and tells you that you must be born again. And like I said, it is very simply and plainly written in the pages of the Bible. But to many people, it's hidden, but mainly because they don't want to hear it. You see, you must come to Jesus and be born of the Spirit. There is no other way. And Satan described, Satan, right, as he's described here in these verses that we just read, he's the God of this age, and he is doing all that he can to keep people from coming to the truth, the light that is in Christ Jesus. He will use hypocritical Christians, right, so that people will say, oh, look how that Christian lives, right? He will use various religions, various denominations, he will use the lies of scientists, the lies of the news media, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. He does all that he can to keep the gospel hidden from the hearts of people so that in the end, they will perish. They will ultimately perish and not receive the eternal life that God has for them through faith that is in Jesus Christ. And you know, I'm talking about all these different sources that Satan uses, but probably one of the most prevalent sources that he uses is someone's hardened heart, where their heart is just hardened, and they don't want to come to Jesus. They don't want to be born again. They don't want to hear that, right? But this is God's plan for, for mankind. He wants you to be saved. He wants you to come to Christ. So as we flip back now to Acts chapter 5, Satan is once again using his minions um, to try to stop the preaching of the gospel. So he has the apostles of Jesus Christ thrown into jail thinking, we're going to stop this message. We're going to put an end to it. But in verse 19, it goes on to say, But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So you see, the Lord was not going to allow for the stoppage of the preaching of the gospel. Nor can anyone stop the preaching of the gospel today. You know, Satan could kill preachers. He can do all he can to shut them up. They can make laws against preaching the gospel. But gospel preaching is the work of the Spirit of the Lord. And that cannot be stopped. You cannot stop the work of the Spirit of the Lord, right? And if somehow you are a person that is listening to this message and you've not received the gospel message into your heart, then let me take this moment to tell you that your time is now. 
because the days are getting shorter and time is running out. The Lord desires for you to be saved. That's why you came upon this message today, if there happens to be someone like that, right? And again, in verse 20 here, the angel of the Lord tells the apostles here to go, stand in the temple, and speak to the people all the words of this life. So go right to where the religious folks are gathering and tell them the truth about eternal life. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. I'm stressing the because he is the only way. He came to give life and life abundantly. Being born again is not a religion. It's not a creed. It is a life, a spirit-filled life, a life where all things become new and the power of the resurrected Christ dwells within you. The fruit of the Spirit is present within you or when it is or if it is, right? It becomes a treasure that lies within an earthen vessel, a temporary body, something our outward man is indeed perishing. But that doesn't have to be the case with our inward man, who we are internally, right? The Son will set you free, and when he does, you are free indeed. And all of this is a result of, again, repentance, dying to yourself, your flesh-led life, repenting of your past and coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and then walking the rest of your life by faith and not by sight. Trusting in the Lord for every breath and every step you take. Right? And let me tell you, I've been doing it for over 35 years now, and there's nothing easy about it. I'm not a master of it. There's nothing easy about it at all. It would be so much easier to walk by sight. So much easier to, to just join a religion that allows me to do what I want to do and still say I am a child of God. But these doctrines are doctrines of the devil. That type of a teaching that tells you that. Because the message of the Bible, the message that the apostles of Jesus were sent out to preach is a message that begins with repentance, being born again, and then walking in a newness of life, totally born again. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You're no longer the you you used to be, right? It's a life now where nothing is about doing things your way anymore or getting what you want, but rather it's about being obedient to the word of the Lord taking up the cross and following after him, making your priority the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what you seek in your life. Taking no thought for your life, but simply just being a servant, a slave to the will of the Lord. And all of this doesn't sound very appealing to the flesh of people. So they want nothing to do with it but yet they think they can have eternal life, you know, and not do it God's way. 
And all of this truth, everything that I'm preaching today is found in the word of God. And you know, I'm telling you, I really could just stop right here today. And that's the message. And for many of you, the message that I just gave you is what you came here for. Maybe not what you came here for, but what the Holy Spirit led you here for. You may not realize it, but the Spirit of the Lord led you here to hear that message that you just heard. Right? The Lord by His Spirit is pleading with you for you to get saved. We read back in Acts chapter 2 and verse 40 the words that say, be saved from this perverse generation. It was the apostle Peter that was speaking. And he was telling the people, be saved from this perverse generation. It just keeps getting more and more perverted in our world. But God is being merciful and gracious and loving and kind and giving you opportunity to come unto him. So seek the Lord while you still have the opportunity to do so. But I'm going to go ahead and finish out the rest of this chapter. Like I said, I could just cut the message right there, but we're going to go ahead and finish out the rest of this chapter today. So in verse 20, the apostles were told by the angel to go to the temple and speak the words of life. And then verse 21 goes on and says, And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught, but the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So they're going to go looking for him. Okay? Little do they know here, right? But when the officers came and did not find them in prison, in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely, and the guards were standing outside, but the doors, or before the doors, excuse me, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. Wow. The power of God, right? to keep his gospel message going, the importance of the gospel message, to keep the preachers of the gospel going. He set them free here. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. So, this is funny to me, right? Because Satan and his anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-Word of God minions, right, in the world, even today, want to shut up the preaching of the gospel, but it will continue to be preached till heaven and earth pass away. And then even then, the truth of the gospel will stand in the new heavens and the new earth and we will have eternal life at that point. Satan has some victories today because he, he does a good job of blinding the eyes of many people. But the gospel message continues on and will not be stopped. Verse 26, then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. 
And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. So there's the problem for them right there. The message was filling Jerusalem. People were hearing the truth, being set free and born again. And they just did not like to hear the fact that they had not only killed an innocent man, but they had killed their Messiah. And here are these people going around by the power of the Spirit of the Lord within them, saying, he's alive. He is risen from the dead. He's alive forevermore. But yep, you killed him. You crucified him. But you got to love the response of the apostles here in verse 29. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. And let me tell you something, right? That's the bottom line right here. Do you have a man or a woman today, right, that you look up to in your religion? Do you have a hierarchy over you? Do you say, oh, pastor so-and-so says, oh, father so-and-so says, oh, prophet so-and-so says, or apostle so-and-so, or teacher so-and-so, they say this or that. But you know what? You ought to obey God rather than man. Now look, don't get me wrong here when I say something like that because Ephesians 4.11 tells us that the Lord has placed in the body of Christ, right, the original apostles, right, and then some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers and such that have a job to do, like I do, of equipping the saints, preaching the gospel, Right? They're getting other believers to step up and do the work of the ministry for the edification of the body of Christ. But we are to be people today that are led by the Spirit. And we are responsible ourselves to be like the Bereans of Acts chapter 17. We'll get there someday, right? They were willing to receive the word that they heard. But then they made sure to, you know, go and search the scriptures themselves. It says daily, right, that they did that to find out whether what they were hearing was true or not. I always encourage you to do that. Is what I'm saying true today? Go look and see. Find it in the Bible. And when you go into the Word and you find out, you know, what if someone else is saying is true or not, what you're doing is you're putting God above man. Nobody is responsible for the word of God over you. You're responsible to get into the word of God yourself and find out the will of God. You have to seek him on your own. And in the end, you can't say, oh, I, I, I'm a follower of pastor so-and-so. Like you can't say that in the end. Because it's you that's going to give an account for your life. No one else. And that's what Peter is testifying here. 
We're going to obey God, not men. Then in verse 30, Peter continues to speak and he says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Now, later in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 10, we're going to find out that it wasn't just Israel that would be the recipients of the gospel, but the gospel would be preached to Gentiles as well. That is, it would go to every ethnic group, every people group on the face of the earth. Whosoever will can come. The gospel message is for all people. And Peter goes on in verse 32, and we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Wow. Now we really need to take a moment and think about what's said there in verse 32. Who is it that God gives the Holy Spirit to? He gives it to those that obey him. That's it. He gives it to those that obey him. Those that obey the commands of the Lord. The Holy Spirit isn't given to those that continue to live their lives in sin, even if they profess to be believers in Jesus. Because he gives it to those that obey him. 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone... So look, we're talking about those who truly know the Lord are those that obey the Lord. And I'm reading to you now from 2 Timothy 2.19. You can look that up, right? The Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So again, there's people that continue in sin, say they're Christian. But who are the true born-again believers, born of the Spirit of the Lord? The ones that obey the Lord, right? The Lord knows those that are truly his, and those that are truly his depart from iniquity. What's that word again? They repent. They repent. There are, many to say, there are many today that say they belong to the Lord, but they live how they want. They live in fornication, sex outside of marriage, right? They, they commit adultery, and they say they're the Lord's child. They get drunk, and they say they're the Lord's trial, child, right? But read the scriptures, this is not true. These things are not true that you can do that and, and be a child of God. Not according to the scriptures, they're not. The Holy Spirit is giving, given to those that obey the word of the Lord. Here are a couple other verses for you to look up later. Romans 8, verses 13 and 14. They say that if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit and you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. And it goes on to say, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
So those that are led by the Spirit. And what do they do? They put to death the deeds of the body, of the flesh, the works of the flesh. They put it to death. They're done with it. It's over with. They've repented. They're now obeying the Lord. They're now filled with the Spirit. They're now led by the Spirit, right? And this is what Peter is saying here in verse 32, that those that have the Spirit of the Lord are those that obey the Lord. Very crucial verse that I encourage you to meditate on and to consider in your own life. And believe me, I'm preaching this message to myself as well, okay? But let's look at the reaction of these leaders to the words of Peter here. Verse 33, when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Now think about that. It's possible that some of you, again, have come upon either this, the audio of this teaching or you're watching the video and you're furious about the things I'm saying or it's upsetting you today. And let me tell you, I completely understand that because I used to be there too. By the time I was 14 years old, I had already established a direction in my life, right? And I didn't want anything to do with anything that had anything to do with obeying the Lord. Sure, I believed in God and I thought for sure I'd go to heaven if I died, but I was far from the truth. And the first person that came into my life when I was 19 and actually sat down and showed me the words of the Bible, I mocked him. I mocked that person and I cursed him. And I won't go into that whole story, but I finally came to the point in my life when I was 21, still a young man, right? Where I gave my life over to the Lord and be, began to desire to be obedient to the word. Was I fully obedient right away? No, I was a baby in Christ and I was growing. I'm 35 years old now in Christ, right? And like I said earlier, it's not easy. It is far easier to walk in the flesh and have a religion that's comfortable to me than it is to deny the flesh and walk by faith in the word of God. You see, because temptation still exists, but through the word of God, the living word of God, I know and I understand that God always provides a way of escape when temptation comes. But again, I understand if what I'm hearing, or what, excuse me, what I'm preaching and what you're hearing makes you furious as well. But again, if you've hung in this far and you're listening or watching at this point, well, then the Spirit of the Lord is definitely reaching out to you, even though you could be mocking or cursing me right now, like I did. But the Spirit of the Lord is reaching out to you in hopes that you will repent and you will come into a relationship with Jesus where he is your master, he is your Lord, you are his servant, his slave. But let's read on, verse 34. Then one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. 
he like, steps up. Hey, 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 hold on, guys. Let's, let's, let's take a break here. Just put them outside for a little bit. Let's talk about this. So he says to the men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Theudas rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this, after this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished, and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this is the plan or the work, or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest you, be, lest you even be found to fight against God. That's what I'm talking about. The gospel message will not be preached because it's the work of the Spirit of God. Verse 40, and they, they agreed with him. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, so they agreed with them, but they didn't leave them alone. They didn't just leave them alone like Gamaliel said. They beat them. And they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So I guess in a sense they did kind of have mercy on them, if you will. They didn't kill them, right? They let them go. But they beat, they beat them and commanded them not to do what they're doing anymore. Peter already told them. Peter already told them, and the apostles already said, we're going to obey God. We're not going to obey you. We're going to obey God. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. See, and that's what a lot of people are not willing to do. They're not willing to suffer shame for his name. They're not willing to say, yeah, I'm a born-again Christian, and to tell the world they've been born of the Spirit. And when they're really not willing to do that, it's probably because they haven't been born of the Spirit. They're not obeying the Lord, so they're not filled with the Spirit of the Lord. But what did these guys do? It says daily in verse 42, daily in the temple and in every house. They did not cease <laughs> preaching, or excuse me, cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. So they didn't stop. They, they, who cares what these religious folks said, right? These leaders of that day that were set in their ways, set in their beliefs. Who cares? We ought to obey God rather than man. But, but Gamaliel there, at least, he had a little bit of wisdom. And he knows that the work of men can and will eventually be stopped, but the work of God will never be stopped, right? So Bible preachers and teachers like me, we can be censored from the internet, told to shut up, but you'll never stop the work of God by his spirit. They killed they killed Jesus, right? His teachings still go on today. They killed all his apostles, and their word, their words remain to this day. We have it even written in the pages of our Bible. Now, look, I don't think that my words carry will carry on too far, but I really just want my words to be what the word of God says. 
right? It's the words of Jesus and his apostles that were led by the Spirit that will live on and will stand, right? Today, I just simply give you the message that they preached. But you don't need me to give you that message. You can read or you can hear it for yourself. The question is, though, will your heart submit to it? Are you willing today to suffer shame for his name? Because all who choose to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. It's just plain and simple. You will suffer persecution. Maybe family members that look upon you when you're born again and say, yeah, I remember how you were. I remember who you are, you know, and all that. So people don't want to respect you, but we're not in this for respect. This is not about getting respect. This is about glorifying the name of God, praising the name of Jesus, lifting up his name in all the earth. We're just passing through. This is just temporary, and there will be persecution but I'm going to say this to you again. Time is running out. Either the Lord will return or the day of your death is coming. It's appointed to us to die. The day of our death is coming. And you will have to bow the knee to the Lord sometime or another. You might as well make it now, right? It's time to be obedient to the Lord. It's time to turn from iniquity and then you will be led by his spirit and you will then truly be his child. We'll close there today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love in so loving the world that you gave your only begotten son, that we have the opportunity presented to us to believe on him that we might not perish but instead have everlasting life. And you did not send your son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So you are reaching out in love, Father God, to all the people of the world, even still, even still as this earth continues to go on, Lord. Here we are, July 25th, 2021, and we still have the opportunity to come unto you. And the gospel message continues to be preached and will not be stopped. Again, Lord, they can shut down this internet for me and for other gospel preachers. They could even throw us in prison and nothing stopped the preaching of the gospel. They could kill us and the gospel message continues on, Lord. And I pray for those that will ever come upon this teaching that will ever hear this message or, or see this video, whatever the case may be, Lord, I pray that they would come to repentance and come to the knowledge of you, Jesus, and be born again and die to themselves, take up the cross and follow after you, put their hand to the plow and not look back and be your servant, Lord, and serve you in this life and be willing to suffer shame for your name if that's what it means, Lord. So, Lord, we just acknowledge you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit at work in the world and in our hearts and minds today. 
and we love you, Lord. We ask your blessings as we go forth into a new week. If you tarry, Lord, we pray your will to be done. And we pray all of this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless everybody. Um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, whichever the case may be. And we will see you next time.